Hi, everybody, and welcome to another edition of Two Brain Radio with Sean Woodland. On today's episode, I talk with Heber Cannon and Marston Sawyers, better known collectively as the Buttery Bros. First, Chris Cooper almost went bankrupt in 2008. Now, he's running a multi-million dollar company dedicated to helping entrepreneurs avoid the mistakes that he made. He spent thousands of hours mentoring gym owners one-on-one, and his new book is packed with advice to help you grow your business and create your perfect day. Founder, farmer, tinker, thief is an Amazon bestseller. You can check out the book reviews. They're calling it a must-read and a lighthouse for your business. If you want to level up, this is the business book you need. Bieber Cannon and Marston Sawyers have been involved in CrossFit and the sport of fitness for 10 years. They are both part of the team that created four of the top 100 best-selling documentaries on iTunes while they were working at CrossFit. Now, they are out on their own creating more great content around the CrossFit game season. We talk about how they got started making videos for CrossFit, the challenges they faced while creating their documentaries, and some of their most memorable moments from the past 10 years. Thanks for listening, everyone. Heber Cannon, Marson Sawyers, the Buttery Bros. How are you guys doing? What's up, dude? <laughs> I got to give you the horn. <laughs> how was you guys just got back from Hawaii? How was that experience? Dude, such a good experience. We're out there for the Ultimate Hawaiian Trail Run, raising money for the Kalia Foundation. Kiala Foundation. Kiala Foundation. I missed that up. Phenomenal experience. Amazing things out there. I can't wait to see the stuff. Uh, I'm sure you guys got some some great content from down there. Swam with dolphins. Went up on the 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 coast. And man, I just I've I've never been to Hawaii. Never been to a warm ocean. So Mm -hmm. I fell in love with the ocean for the first time. This is a lie. He's been to Miami, and the water there is extremely warm. Yeah, forgotten because he wasn't on the beach. It just wasn't as sexy. Okay. (laughs) Uh, for a lot of people who have been involved in this community for a significant amount of time, you guys have always sort of been part of it. Uh, We'll start with you, Heber. How did you come to get involved with CrossFit? So I had been doing CrossFit for about a year and uh, been making videos for my local affiliate to pay for my membership and and some local throwdowns and stuff. And people had sent my material or content to CrossFit HQ, so they kind of knew who I was. Um, and then it was just the right time, right place. I emailed them directly and said, Hey, I'm here in Salt Lake city. I've made these videos. I would love to follow CrossFit games athletes at the time. Tommy Hackenbrook had just taken second at the 2009 games. Miranda Oldroyd was a big name. Chris Spieler was competing and they were all within about 30 minutes of where I lived. And I said, I'd love to follow these guys through the season. Tony Budding, who was the head of media at the time, immediately responded and said, let's hop on a phone call. It turned into what I thought would be a 10 minute phone call into a four and a half hour interview in the middle <laughs> of my best friend's wedding and, uh, and went from, uh, I was actually doing documentary work and wedding videos. I was doing a documentary on vanilla ice of all the people, Wow. <laughs> uh, to within a week I had a, a gig with CrossFit and for every other weekend throughout the year of 2010, um, I was shooting stuff for CrossFit until they finally just gave up and said, you have to move down here full time for us. And I said, okay. Mars, how about you? Uh, so I got into it like right at the ed- end of my college 
football career, I had just gone through like knee surgery and I was up here working a summer job in Salt Lake City and bumped into Tommy. Like, it was funny, Tommy was like starting his first gym, Tommy and Hackenbrook, and he was kind of doing some, uh, I guess, exercises that didn't look familiar to me. And I walked over into this like warehouse and I was like, what are you doing? And he like explained to me what he was up to and he was opening his first gym. Uh, so I started training with him to kind of like rehab my knee. And then he uh, basically was going to like the, the CrossFit games like the next week or something. And he was like, yeah, I got this competition out in California. I'll be back. And I remember like he came back and I was like, so uh, how'd it go, dude? And he's like, well, I actually got second. So I was just, <laughs> cool. Good for you. I, I had no idea what that all meant. I had no idea like what, a, what an enormous achievement that was. And so uh, kind of got into it that way. And then come sectionals before they had the open in 2010, I was at a local competition here filming uh, my girlfriend at the time. And Hebrew was there working. He was part of the media team. And I basically like got in his ear and I was like, hey, if I give you the footage that I'm shooting here, will you give me a media pass? And, and that's kind of how my relationship with Hebrew started. And then he put me in touch with the media director of CrossFit. And then I started doing like little gigs here and there until about 2011 when we had just finished up the games and then ESPN had come on and wanted to partner with CrossFit with doing their post-production shows. And that's when everybody basically had to commit to Santa Cruz. And then we moved out to Santa Cruz in September of 2011. And I was there until October of mm -hmm. Well, no, I guess until August of this year. So I was there for about almost 10 years. You guys, when you were first there, it, yeah, I think it was probably just like a lot of highlight videos and just following athletes around. Where did the idea come from to do more feature length content? Um, 2011 and 12, I produced the ESPN shows. Mm -hmm. And then I was really like, I didn't love the live broadcast stuff. I wanted to have a little bit more creative freedom. Um, in 2013, around so at 2012 to 13, I did a whole bunch of features and packages for the games, and then also like features on people within the community. And then at the 13 games, I didn't really have a role other than shooting highlights, and I was like, I want to do something more than that. So I came up with the idea of creating a rap video, and so I created this rap video with with uh, Rory McCurd and Pat Sherwood and Miranda Oldroyd. I remember it well. So, yeah, we we, <laughs> we had an awesome time doing that. And then in uh, the fall of 2013, or immediately like the month after, Justin Berg and Tony Budding were talking about how they wanted a little bit more out of the CrossFit Games in terms of media content, and they wanted to create a video. And at that same time, I had had a debate with a friend of mine about the legitimacy of the title Fittest on Earth. Mm -hmm. And I said, we, we debated back and forth whether the CrossFit Games, if they found the Fittest on Earth, and so I was so heated about this debate that I turned and made like a thesis documentary that was 30 minutes long called The Test of Fitness that is now on YouTube. And um, everybody loved how that went. They immediately after I finished, I think I hit export, and the next day someone came and said, hey, we want to do a feature length, something like this for 2014. Um, I responded with, hey, well, we've already done this. It's already going to have like a million views on YouTube. Why don't we do something uh, bigger but yet more defined? And so I said the only story I want to tell about 2014 was Rich Froning is going to retire. Mm -hmm. Let's make a documentary about Rich Froning. Um, come to find out at the same six months during production that he was going to be adopting a child and, and 
that the events at the 2014 games would be a real struggle for him. So we ended up with this amazing feature they film Froning. Um, and from there, they, they just wanted some more stuff like that on a regular basis. What were the challenges that you faced in putting those together? Because those are some pretty major undertakings. Oh, there, there was a bunch. Like I had never done a documentary. Everything that we had done up to that point was going to ESPN and they kind of handle some of the QC stuff. Um, but going on to like making a feature film, what the biggest challenge for me was I didn't want it to just go on YouTube. I wanted it to be respected as a movie. Mm-hmm. If you put 90 minutes on YouTube, it's still a YouTube video. It doesn't matter how good you make it. People still refer to it as a video on YouTube, not a documentary that they saw on Netflix or iTunes. So for me, I was like, I don't care what the money is. I don't care what it is, but I think it's going to be more people are going to respect this and our sport if we put it onto iTunes and getting that idea across the, the C-suite at CrossFit was actually really hard. <laughs> like they were like, no, 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 let's just put it on YouTube like we've done in the past. And then I kept coming back and saying like, hey, I need money to pay for X, Y, and Z because we have to have these things to be able to go on iTunes. And so like every time I had to come back for more requests about what it was going to take, they just didn't understand and see what the value was going to be. But within 12 hours of it launching on iTunes, they immediately understood <laughs> And they were like, oh, my gosh, we're the number three movie on iTunes right now. Like, <laughs> how, how awesome is this? Like, our brand is everywhere. Um, and we were in the middle – when that was released, we were in the middle of editing the 2015 movie that we intended to just go on YouTube. And they came into our office and they're like, this is going on iTunes. Like, <laughs> yeah. Well, the funny, the funny thing about 15 is, like, we only really intended on doing, like, a highlight video after movie type of thing. But when we got back from the games, we had such a cool story with Matt being like this expected to win and, and then barely losing at the end with Fraser or uh, with Ben Smith taking it. And we went back and looked at all this different footage that we had and we're like, I think we have enough to actually make a documentary. And that was like we didn't intend to make a documentary that I, year. I think it was always Ian's intent. Ian was supposed to make a documentary and I was supposed to make a highlight video mm-hmm. with the music. We got an awesome rights from music for the Mad Max song and DJ uh, Dylan Francis's Get Low. Mm-hmm. And because I had those that were going to go in my package, Ian was like, hey, I want those for mine. And instead of making like a 15, 20-minute highlight video and a documentary, let's just roll that all into one one thing. And I was like, okay, yeah, fine, that, let's do that. The two of you were just two of many people who, who worked on those. How did you go about organizing your resources in order to get those things put together? Sorry, we, we lost you there. Uh, so you, the two of you were just two of many people who were working on those uh, documentaries, those features. How did you go about organizing your resources in order to get those things put together properly? Um, for Froning, it was a lot of just me organizing and getting things going until at the last minute I was able to say like, hey, I need allocated to me Eric Diaz, who was our art director and designer at CrossFit. I need him for a month. <laughs> <laughs> and that was hard to work out right during, right before regionals and in between the open. And they, it worked out that he could work with me for that. And then, uh, the test of fitness was, uh, another producer named John Glancy and I did that together. Um, but we just kind of used the same lessons that we learned from the broadcast, which was we have to bring in someone to mix sound. We have to bring in someone to mix color. And then I would send cuts of Froning out to people that I trusted and just say, Hey, what do you think of this? What am I missing? What is it? What is it not saying? Mm-hmm. Um, and then get feedback and, and make some minor changes to it. 
Uh, same thing with the fittest on earth things. Like they were, it was just that, but we had tested it before. So we knew who we wanted to come in and do color. We, we gave it to a guy named Vince to make sound. And then we had uh, various people on different levels bringing, like you, Sean, coming in to voice stuff over if we needed it or um, making tweaks to whatever, you know, minor storytelling tweaks. Yeah. Why do you think, I mean, obviously they're great and the video is fantastic and, and the sound and everything is, is awesome. But why do you think the community at large responded so well to these? Uh, I mean, I think it's just, they're hungry for the content and like a lot of the, like peeling back the curtain and seeing what the athletes do, not just when they're on the floor performing. So like when we would be shooting these things later on, like in, especially in like 2016 is when we started doing more of like the road to the game series. Cause we'd be out with these athletes in their homes and, and in different places kind of showing what they were like behind the, behind the scenes of it all. And I think that's what they really like seeing is just how they are as humans and how they interact and, and like what drives them, what motivates them and kind of seeing the, uh, them grow as people too. Cause like a lot of like, even like filming with Fraser since 15 till now, he's grown like a ton and like we've become like really good buddies and he's just becoming like a really awesome human. Like he's always been a really good guy, but like I've just gotten to know him a lot more. And I think the audience feels like they're kind of part of that. Mm-hmm in this whole like journey of these athletes. So you guys have gotten unprecedented access to a lot of these athletes. And like you mentioned, Mars have gotten to know them really well. What have you learned about them that maybe surprised you? Um, Tia and Matt, Tia and Matt are very similar. I'll tell you, (laughs) they are the most frugal people I've ever met. (laughs) And they're very similar in other ways, but that's, that's one that caught me off guard when we were in, in Miami for Wadapalooza I had similar conversations with both about uh, <laughs> Tia had we were on South Beach and we needed to get to the hotel and it was like a $25 Uber. But Tia called Chief Keith and asked him to get one of the assistants to come pick us up, who was then gonna wait an hour in traffic to get to us and then turn around and drive all the way back in 45 minutes of traffic. So this is like an hour and a half of everybody else's time. And I didn't realize what was happening until about 40 minutes into waiting. I was like, wait, why don't we just go like, why isn't anyone called an Uber? And she's like, oh, somebody's coming. She told me that she would wait two hours to get a ride before she would get, she, she would pay for an Uber. Wow. And then when I asked Matt Fraser the same question, I said, how long would you wait before you had to buy to pay for an Uber? He, he said he would, it, it would have to be a marathon for him to, to not, Dang. <laughs> to not get to to walk. Yeah. And then, then he has that, this like, <laughs> he's like, making money is the easy part. Keeping it's the harder part. You know? <laughs> like, that's a good point, Matt. That's a that's, good point. Uh, the, yeah. It's, those are good words to live by. Uh, yeah. When you were, the two of you were part of the, the massive layoffs across it. What did you think that your future with the sport of fitness was going to look like immediately after that happened? I didn't know there was going to be a sport. Mm-hmm. Um, I think when, when they made all the changes, it took me a while to wrap my head around how could they pull off a, a CrossFit Games. And it wasn't what I was concerned about. What I was going to do, I was legit concerned about, like, can can this be sustainable, especially if it feels kind of like there's no love from the top for the, the community and for the sport, there's a lot of very capable people that they have on staff there. And, and once I 
yeah, took a moment to just kind of look back at the history and, and remember like, hey, what did they pull off in 2010 and 2009 and 11 um, with a very minor crew that, okay, if they're hiring out and contracting people to pull off some of the, the legwork, they could pull off across the games. And then from there it was, okay, how do I continue to be involved and, and I put a limelight on some of my close friends that are the CrossFit Games athletes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I think at first, like, I, I know that like me and Heber wanted to keep telling the stories and be involved the way that we were in the past. We knew that it wasn't going to be to the same capacity or it was going to be just different or it was going to change. So we, like, we wanted to figure out a way to tell a series of episodes that would help kind of like lead you along the season. Um, but we weren't really sure how that was going to work as far as like distribution and being able to like, uh, like where it would live and, and who was going to help us to help us produce these things. And so that's kind of like what started our whole buttery bros, uh, adventure. It, we wanted, we basically figured out a way to make a business out of, uh, incorporating brands and sponsors into our content that we we're already going to be out filming and shooting that would allow us to be with athletes that we wanted to feature for the series that we were at the time thinking we were producing a series when it's it's a sense turned out to just be another movie so what you, you just touched on this a little bit but what were some of the the new challenges now that have arisen due to the fact that it is just the two of you working on this well it, the, we've we've actually hired out another editor. So, you know, Mark Billingsby, right? Mm -hmm, yeah. he's, he's the one he's editing our movie, um, as we speak in Denver. So we just got back from Hawaii and why we were there, like a big reason we were there was to get with a bunch of athletes that were in one place. So we were there and we interviewed Tia cause we still needed an interview with her about the games. We interviewed James Newberry. We interviewed, uh, Matt O'Keefe, Haley Adams, Chris Hinshaw, uh, I think Tommy Marquez, Tommy Marquez. And so, uh, we knew that we wanted to keep doing the buttery bro stuff because it actually like, as we got into it more and figured out our, our, our style and what we wanted to do with that, it, it turned out to be like very rewarding personally. And it, it actually was like the most fun I've had in the community and, and in this CrossFit space since the beginning. And so we want to keep doing that. And in order to keep doing that, we, we're, we had to bring Mark on to help us get with it, to lead us in the edit on this. So we've kind of had to become like businessmen overnight because we were just creatives before at CrossFit. And now it's it's kind of turned into like a balancing act of the big pie in the sky is the documentary. But we're, we're also wanting to produce at least like three episodes of Buttery Bros a month. We'll be back with more with the Buttery Bros after this. Gym owners, we know you're working hard, but what if you aren't working smart? Over the years, the team at Two Brain Business has seen too many driven, dedicated entrepreneurs get frustrated on their own. Some problems can be solved in minutes with the help of an expert. Your clients seek out your expert advice when they have a fitness problem. So who do you seek out when you have a business problem? If you're struggling with something, Two Brain will help you for free. No sales, no pressure, just free help on everything from hiring and firing to budgeting and marketing. Head to twobrainbusiness.com and book a free call with a certified mentor today. Two Brain Business, we make gyms profitable. And now, back to my interview with the Buttery Bros. What were the things that allowed you, that you guys accomplished, that allowed you to really get this thing off the ground and moving at the speed at which it's moving now? 
Well, the things that we accomplished? Um, well, I think, I, th I mean, like the way, the way it started with Buttery Bros was very like an organic and unexpected start is like we were just in my we we're in uh matt fraser's place over in cookville at the beginning of the year and we had just been kind of like talking and telling stories of other workouts and stuff and it was heber's idea he's like hey we should do that acid bath workout from dubai when we were there and chris hinshaw's there and he's like team hebes whenever we work out so he's just jumping on the hebes bandwagon just being like oh hebes has got this he's gonna he's gonna beat you mars and we had Sammy film the whole workout, Matt's fiance. And when we got done with it, we're like, man, we, this is actually really kind of funny. And, and I think it'd be cool to just throw it up on YouTube. And we threw it up on YouTube when we were at Wadapalooza in Miami. And it kind of like, I guess, kind of like caught a lot of buzz when we were there. And it was like good timing with everybody kind of being hungry for new content. And so we saw that there was an opportunity there and with some help of like Matt O'Keefe and some other people that kind of pointed us in the right direction with the business aspect of it and how to approach brands and, and how to activate with other sponsors. That that's kind of how uh, it all kind of started. Yeah. yeah. Was that your question? Yeah, absolutely. And now that you're not, you know, you're not under the CrossFit umbrella. So obviously there's a, you don't have as many resources as you did when you were with them, but what are maybe some things that opportunities that arose that maybe you didn't have with CrossFit now that you're outside of that umbrella? I think we're able to work with whatever athletes we have and, and also whatever brands we want. So if we if Nike approached us when we were working at CrossFit, there's no way we could work with them. Mm -hmm. Now it's we kind of have free reign to, to work with whoever we want to and whoever wants to give us the best opportunities. Um, the other thing is, is, is whatever athletes we want to work with and coaches, so so some like we could at CrossFit. They only wanted to support CrossFit gyms that were a part of the affiliate community. Now we can go to gyms that aren't necessarily under the CrossFit umbrella, but still train functional fitness and have athletes that are competing for the sport of fitness. Um, and be it those. The other thing that's really opened up for us is is outside of events. Like right now, CrossFit's all about the sanctioned events. But two years ago. They would. They had a hard time sending anybody to Wadapalooza. Mm -hmm. You know, they wouldn't support that event in any capacity when we were there initially. Um, and I remember being there when that was a part of this, the discussions. When I first started working for CrossFit, it was like there were long debates that I wasn't a part of. But it was about, hey, how do we handle these outside throwdowns? Like, what are we going to do as a company to do this? Do we support that? Do we cover them? Are they news for us or? Do we just kind of let them do their thing? And for a long time, it was just let them do their thing. It, it just felt like the right business move that they wanted to make at the time. I don't know if it was or not. Um, but for my job as a creative at CrossFit, I, I was yeah. I, I didn't really push to go to him, but I wasn't encouraged to go to him. Yeah. Yeah. And then and then other things that are just a little bit that are just coming our way now that there's events that are happening that aren't necessarily like sanctioned events, but there's just like you know, resorts in, in odd places of the world that see what we're doing, that want to bring us out and show us how cool their place is and how cool their country is. Or like we're going to Aruba next week and they've got a whole like a whole itinerary of just trying to ball out and show us the best time possible. So we're, we're really excited about doing that type of stuff too. The more of the like adventure tourism type of things, but also having uh, fitness and, and that type of stuff be like the core of our 
brand and our message, you know. You've mentioned the documentary that you're doing now for the 2019 Reebok CrossFit Games. How are you able to secure the funding to make that a reality? So that's a that's a combination of a few things. Um, really, we've been talking to Gravitas Ventures, is the distribution company with whom we're working. Uh, they were one of the first people I talked to when I was let go from CrossFit. Just like, hey, I'm let go. You guys are my homies. Um, we have some plans. We should be in contact. Uh, and every other month or so, I'd have a phone call with them where we discuss what was going on and what they could do with it. Um, really, the the majority of the funding that has made this possible and a reality has come from commercial shoots that Marsden and I have booked for companies like Reebok or um, FitAid, FitAid or Compex. We have you know we've done commercials for a lot of different companies and the Buttery Bros funding. Um, we signed a contract with Gravitas Ventures to help us kind of on the back end of stuff where we're making enough for us to be out shooting stuff, but nothing's been happening on the back end with editing and post-production stuff just because we didn't have the bandwidth and we didn't have money to hire anybody. So because if we stayed back and we just did that, we wouldn't be making any more money until the movie's completed, you know? So we just go into a huge deficit. So they saw when I expressed that problem to them, they said, okay, well, what do you need? Um, we came up with a very reasonable number and said, this is kind of the, this is what we think we need to finish this movie while still being able to maintain our other business, um, and keeping this thing afloat and, and, uh, came to an agreement to, with them to help us final finish the movie. What are some of the stories that you're now looking to tell in this documentary? Oh, I think the the story for me always about the 2019 CrossFit Games season, we, we debated long and hard about, hey, do we focus on just a single female or a single male like Matt is about to win four times, very similar to what Froning had done. Um, but for me, it was always a question about what is HQ doing? Can they pull this off? Will the test still be as legitimate? What's this going to look like? And that's all everyone's talked about. Like, like it's been a little bit about, hey, can Matt Fraser win? But I think everyone's like, he's, if he doesn't win, there's something wrong with the system. <laughs> it was kind of, kind of my thinking going into it, right? Like, if Matt Fraser doesn't win, if he's not even in the top ten, HQ messed up and the program is wrong, or something was wrong with the season. And so, um, for us, the story has been what's going. And it turned out the story is pretty awesome. You have an awesome battle between Noah and Matt. Mm -hmm. I'm really excited to bring Noah as like a big character in our movie. Um, Tia walked away with it, but there's a handful of new faces. But um, we invested in in what we've seen in the athletes that we've known and loved from the past. And so we're uh, that, and that's a dramatic story, you know. When you have Sarah Sigmund's daughter come in and she gets cut, like that's dramatic. Or Brooke Wells is a good friend of ours, and when she got cut, that was super dramatic. Very Game of Thrones, bro. Yeah. So you got, you got that got, you know, you got uh-huh. that. You got the you got characters that you're gonna love that are gonna end up like you're gonna get heartbroken when red when wedding, bro. Red <laughs> wedding. <laughs> how do you how do you guys deal with that when you go in with an idea of the story that you want to tell and then you know things like that happen like Sarah getting cut and Brooke getting cut things you didn't expect to happen how then do yeah. you deal with that and stay true to the sort of the story that you wanted to tell at the same time? I mean, I think that's like just part of documentary storytelling is like you have this this you know, rough outline of what you think you're going to tell. And then as things unfold and things change, you got to be able to adapt to that and figure out how to tell the story that 
that you are dealt, you know? So some of the characters, you know, are going to die off and that's just part of the story. And, and by, you know, by the end of the weekend, obviously Matt and Tia won and we've been with them all year basically. So it's, it's still kind of cool to have a character to that gets you to the finish line. Um, although, you know, there was Brooke Wells that, that we lost off and, and Annie and Sarah and but, Belner was a big one. So, but in the top 10, you still like, we hung out with Bethany Shadburn. Mm-hmm. We've got footage with her. We hung out with, um, uh, we've hung out with in the past three Helga daughters. So if we want to do something with her, we can pull from that. Um, and then Catherine David's daughter, she so have Catherine, Tia, Thurry, Bethany. So that's four women in the top 10 with, so I guess we're kind of lucky in that we've been with so many athletes over the years that we can kind of reach back and say, Hey, let me, let me pull from this or pull from this to boost up this character to really flesh out a story. But you gotta know when you, when you start filming, like, Hey, things might not go the way you want it to. And that's drama. Mm-hmm. You know, like, it would be, it wouldn't be dramatic if it was the same top 10 from last year. You guys shoot so much good video and get so much good content. It obviously all cannot make it into the final product. What's the decision-making process like when you get down to that, what stays and what goes decision time? Well, it's a little bit different this year just because in years past, we we knew that was going to be the case. And that's why we did the Road to the Game series. We wanted to be able to tell and show a lot more of this footage because – I mean, if, if you're shooting all year long and then you have to cut it down to a 90 minute to two hour documentary, most of what you shot isn't going to make it. So this year is a little bit different. I mean, a lot of the stuff that we've shot has been Buttery Bros content with these athletes. So, I mean, a lot of it, it has seen the light of day. But when we get into what we're not going to use in this documentary, I'm, I'm still thinking like there's going to be a lot of like deleted scenes and a lot of stuff that we can either put up on Patreon to, to at least show some uh, to get some use out of it and to support our support, our people that support us. Mm-hmm. So what are some of your favorite stories from the last 10 years that you spent from traveling the world and covering these athletes? Ooh, favorite stories. Um, that's kind of a big one. Uh, I mean, I, I, when I just, when I think back to like some of the coolest experiences, uh, one that sticks out in my mind was when we were in Madrid for yeah. the Invitational mm-hmm. back, I think it was like 2015 or 16, just because we, for the first time, we're like uh, in a foreign land that this competition was taking place. And it was really cool just to see how that whole place kind of adapted and, and and was hungry for it. And the place went nuts and like seeing how uh, into it the fans were, they were like, it was almost like they were like jumping out of the stands and chasing after the athletes after some of these events. And it was just cool to see how, how global everything was. I mean, I'm trying to think of like more specifics of like a story that, I mean, we stayed up all night after that event and it was cool just cause everybody kind of was like partying and stuff. And I remember like Carl Webb having hiccups and trying to do pistols, trying to do pistols <laughs> and drink water upside down <laughs> to get rid of her. Then I remember having like Sam Briggs biting off a beer cap. With oh yeah. Teeth, using her teeth as a bottle opener. Yeah. Like a bottle. Yeah. Beer. And I just remember like staying up all night and I remember we, we got to screen our first movie in Dave Castro's suite for the athletes. And it was like the first time that we had actually like shown, uh, our, to a, to the athletes into the crowd. And that was like 
pretty cool special moment. It was like probably like three in the morning when we did that. Yeah. And everybody was probably like, you know, a little bit loose. So it was, <laughs> it was a pretty cool environment. I remember just being super hungover the next day and just struggling at the airport. Um, but man, there's so many cool stories because like we've been to Iceland probably three or four times and got to hang out with the daughters over there and see how they've grown and, and how they interact with that Iceland community. And it's actually really cool to see the uh, CrossFit Reykjavik is like, what did they say? Like the number one destination for Uber drivers in Iceland? In Iceland, mm-hmm. is, is, it's the number two is, is CrossFit Reykjavik. Yeah. So it's cool to see it just like how well ran that place is and see just the differences in so many different affiliates, how how they can have like four classes going at once that just like are so well ran on time. And then at the top of the next hour, that's just like reset and there's a whole new four classes in there. And then being able to go to like Latin America and see how it's growing down there. It's very grassroots. It's almost like how it was back in 2009 or 10 here. Uh, people are just hungry for it. And it's cool to see that it's still um, successful and that the the pulse is still there for the content and for the athletes. Mars, you are famous probably for being the guy that outran Matt Fraser while holding a camera. I mean, he technically beat me, but I <laughs> kept up with him for a straightaway. What do you, what do you remember about that, that event um, and covering it? Uh, well, I remember like there was, all the women had gone and I was on the opposite end of the floor. And I remember just being like trying to keep up with them in these straightaways. But I don't know if people remember, but there was like, a, it was called a zigzag sprint. So they'd run like a quarter of the way of the field and turn back and have to do that three or four times. So they were changing direction and they had just walked on their hands. So they were fatigued and they'd done the whole games and stuff. So I was just like, I wouldn't say I was fresh, but I wasn't, I wasn't, you know, putting it all out there. So by the time the men had came out, I like almost forgot that there was a whole nother heat of men. And so the, uh, I went to the opposite end of the floor cause I was actually f- shooting into more of the crowd that side. And it was, it was just kind of a funny moment where I just like happened to catch and, and maintain the speed with these guys. And, and I ran across the finish and I remember everybody was like, wow, look at this guy running with the camera. And I was, I was like, I didn't, I wasn't even thinking about it. And then, then it just kind of like popped up and showed up in my feed. And then we actually ended up putting it in the movie and stuff. And people were pretty stoked on seeing a camera guy that could run with them. And believe me, if it was any other test, it would not have been impressive. <laughs> like I wouldn't, I wouldn't have been doing anything to try and match those guys at all. What do you guys enjoy most about what you do? It's probably the behind the scenes personal aspects. Like, like it's a combination of everything. I love being on the floor and seeing cinematic stuff that's coming into my screen when I'm shooting and just saying like, Oh my gosh, this, this is going to make the cut. Like this is the butter right here. (laughs) Uh, And and then, uh, on top of that, I love just hanging out with people that are cool and excited. Um, there's very rarely an athlete in the CrossFit space that I'm like, Oh, I don't want to ever film with that person. Like they're all cool in their own unique way and have, uh, really fun ambitions and, and they're fun to be around. And then for the last nine months for us, it's just been amazing to be able to go travel and and experience the world in a much more in depth way. And, and, um, have a lot more fun with it. Like it's fun to justify jet skiing as a tax write-off because I get to put it in my show, you know, like, <laughs> I can't, 
Anytime I'm like, hey, Mars, we should go do this. He's like, ah, and I'm like, right off. Off. <laughs> like, we got to put on our show. We got to do we it. We got to have entertainment. We got to have fun activities. And so like that to me is, is, is super fun. And then also like just experiencing the world. Like the two days ago we got up and I was like, hey guys, let's get up at sunrise and go watch uh, the Hawaiian sunrise on this, on these cliffs here called shipwrecks. And we went, it was absolutely breathtaking. And, and, it's phenomenal stuff on camera and it's just, you know, it's picturesque stuff that you would hang on your wall, but we get to experience firsthand and then show you guys through a screen what it kind of looked like. Yeah. I mean, I'll touch on that a little bit. Like I think it's super cool to be able to go to a new location that I don't know much about and get taken in with like open arms from these people that I've never met that are just understanding and like-minded and they want to be able to show us like, what it is about their country or their town or location that's unique too. It's like for forever, we were just behind the camera and that was cool. And I really enjoyed that, but it, it, it takes a little bit of vulnerability and a little bit of like, it's a little bit scary to get on camera, especially when I have to like, you know, uh, ham it up, you know, a little bit. <laughs> so it, it's very fun. And like, I never would have imagined like a year ago, going from working for CrossFit to what we're doing now and, and being, if you were to be like, Hey Mars, you're going to be doing your own thing. You're going to be making your own documentary and you're going to be traveling the world and meeting all new people and you're doing it yourself, not under the, the magnifying glass of anybody. And it, it's just really cool to work for yourself and be able to do all that. Where do things go now for the buttery bros as we move into the future? Um, so we go to Aruba next week. That's going to suck. Yeah, dude, we just got, we just got matching, uh, tops and bottoms like, and, and suit jackets. I'm really excited to, to strut the stuff. And then, so getting into the open, we're going to be probably going to five different places cause there's an open announcement each week during October now because the open's happening in October. Um, and then as we get later into the year, we'll probably be going to, a handful of sanctioned events, but we're not necessarily just trying to go to sanctioned events. We're trying to just go to, um, the places that seem the most, uh, the most entertaining from a video aspect for the buttery bro show. I can't yeah. wait to see you guys. It's going to be awesome. Yeah. Thanks man. And thanks for taking the time to, uh, to do this. And when can people expect to see the documentary? So documentary, we're going to be done with by the end of the year, and then it takes the distribution company a few months to get it onto various platforms and make sure it's all ready, good to go. So it'll be very similar to what we've done in years past, which is uh, it'll probably be out in in March, the latest April, unless for some reason we decide it'd be better later, but we feel like there's a time stamp on it, and the sooner we get it out, the better. So that'll probably be the earliest. I know people are going to love it, and I know they probably can't wait to see it like the entire community is going to be uh, waiting with bated breath for this thing. Uh, Mars and Stories, Heber Cannon, Buttery Bros, thanks so much for doing this. Thanks, Sean. want to thank Heber and Marston for taking the time out of their days to talk with me. And they are all over social media if you want to follow them. They have a YouTube channel. Just go there and search for Buttery Bros. You can subscribe and you will never miss any of their videos. And you can follow them on Instagram at Buttery Bros. If you're enjoying this show, I would encourage you to subscribe to Two Brain Radio. Every week, we bring you the best from the fitness and business worlds. On Mondays, Mateo Lopez fires up the marketing machine and explains how real entrepreneurs are generating huge ROI on ads. 
On Wednesdays, I bring you great stories from the most interesting people in the fitness world. And on Thursday, Greg Strau and Chris Cooper bring you the best of business, a host of experts who can help you level up as an entrepreneur. If you haven't, please subscribe to Two Brain Radio so you don't miss a show. And we'd love to hear what you think in a review. Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll see you next time.